Is that on? Hey, everybody. Uh, we are uh, adjusting equipment here in order to go on to uh, the YouTube and Facebook channel. So bear with us while we do that. Meanwhile, listen to the cool sounds of Monte Ovani and the Lawrence Woke Singers. No, we're not going to. We're not going to. Uh, we're live now on YouTube. We're live on ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. We are live on Facebook Live. Uh, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all ages, and welcome to Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick. Uh, we come to you every day at approximately 2 p.m. Today we say approximately because uh, we had some equipment failure we were dealing with, and it had to be handled. And now we're in uh, good shape, uh, and we're going to be able to broadcast for you. Uh, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, which currently is the same as Pacific Time, but that will change That will change uh, shortly. I think November 1st, we go back to be in Mountain Standard Time. So anyway, uh, the show is brought to you on three platforms, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com, where you can just listen in, uh, YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel, and of course here on Facebook Live on my personal page, Tony Visick. The show is built around three things, and I got three things for you today. Oh, yes, I do. Some of the YouTube people can already see it. That's cheating. Um, it's built around your questions and comments right here on the uh, program where we uh, try to answer your questions or comment back in a uh, pithy with pithy rejoinders. Also, uh, we uh, then usually share with you some knickknack or autograph or klotchke our doodad, our memento uh, that we have here in the home office and try to weave a story around them. Also, uh, we recommend uh, one or two artists or pieces of music based off our vast vinyl album and uh, CD compact disc collection. We do not use audio cassettes or eight tracks. So let's be clear on that. So uh, today is a Tuesday, October 20th. Is that correct? Anybody know the correct date? Anyway, somewhere around then. Uh, we're making it through, ladies and gentlemen. We're about 14 days out from a national election. I'm 14 days out from an election for the Homeowners Association. A um, lot of stuff going on. A lot of stuff going on. Um, you know, you realize if you ever run for anything, if you ever decide to run for anything, the incredible amount of uh, hoo-ha you will put up with. Uh, and it's not people asking questions. It's not people wanting answers. That's part of the job. The who is the stuff that people will make up about you, the out-and-out -out lies. And I'm always a little upset when people lie about me when I feel like letting them know, go, if you actually knew the truth, it's much worse. So, <laughs> so anyway, uh, I'm watching myself be pilloried on Facebook. They've slowed down a little bit now. Uh, but just so much silliness and insanity. It's really why they write sitcoms about these sort of things. Because when you get about 100 yards outside of this community, which is a great community, full of great people and really pretty and really a great place to live. But when you get 100, about 100 yards, about a football field away from this community, all this drama that's going on with a handful of people who want to get wrapped up and why is the grass being cut now? Why is the grass not being cut now? Why are Christmas decorations going up now? Why don't you put them up at 2 p.m. November 3rd? 2 p.m. exactly. Why don't you do that? We, you get about 100 yards from it, you go, wow, that's all pretty darn silly. And um, I think it, uh, it'll make something. It'll make another podcast. It'll make a short story. It'll make a book. It'll make a screenplay. But I certainly will be writing about it. Um, 
Long day already, of, but didn't get anything done, like money-making stuff. Here's the weird thing about my job, okay? If I don't do anything, then nothing happens. And if nothing happens, nobody gets paid. There's no time clock for me. There's no uh, 401k besides what money I save myself. There's none of that. There's uh, my skull and then my ability to apply myself, which... Uh, isn't really all that great, but somehow we're able to cobble a, li a living together. But I started out my day this morning at 5 a.m., counted 5 a.m. like a farmer. I got up and took my wonderful daughter to the airport. She was visiting for a few days, came back, took a little nap, took my grandson to lunch. Uh, my grandson is with us every day right now. He's going to school. And let me tell you something. Uh, if you want to have something fun, get yourself a grandson because they are very, very cool. But he's got it in his mind. He's got it in his mind that uh, when he has his school break at 11 a.m., that I'm supposed to take him to lunch somewhere. I don't know how that came about, but uh, I'm not going to argue with it. And today we went to Taco Bell. So uh, I'm putting on pounds by the day out of love and fun with the grandson. Uh, then uh, I walked a dog. This dog was sick again, Roscoe. Roscoe was sick. He was ill. He was just like, whoa. And I go, oh, wow. You know, and you can't have a dog and not take care of a dog. So we took him and got an x-ray. $500 later, found out maybe he ate a surgical mask. But right now, he's fit as a fiddle. He's fit as a fiddle. I, on the other hand, will not be buying any new underwear for the next six months. So um, they're doing well. Chica the dog, who we seldom talk about. Chica is our chihuahua, who's kind of like that one Osborne daughter who didn't want to be on um, the Osborne family reality show. There was another daughter besides the one that was on. Who went? I went nothing to do with this show at all, and has lived like a as normal life you can, being the daughter of Ozzy Osbourne, without being subjected to um, the vilification and weirdness and microscope of um, Americans who eat popcorn in sweatpants, cross-legged, staring at the TV, going, "Oh my God, that's disgusting." So um, Chica, our Chihuahua, is kind of like that Osbourne daughter. We don't talk about her a lot. Then there's Roscoe, the friendliest big dog in the world, and of course Ray, the Wonder Cat. And they're all in the room with me right now. I'm in a room about the size of a, of a Circle K bathroom. That's about the size of the room. It's about the size of a... I don't know what you're laughing at, Sullivan. It's a room about the size of a Circle K bathroom. My uh, wife, who happens to be the producer of the show, is in the room. My grandson, who sometimes co-hosts in an odd sort of way, uh, is in the room. And then uh, Ray the Wonder Cat, Cheek of the Dog, and Roscoe. Two-story house! Chica comes and goes. Okay, that's, that was just uh, given to me. That Chica comes and goes. All crammed into a uh, room the size of a Circle K turlet. So, um, that's right, I say turlet. But we're having a good time. Uh, tonight, ladies and gentlemen, I'll be having a good time because I'll be in a, a larger place that certainly isn't a toilet. I'll be at JP's Comedy Club, jpscomedyclub.com, teaching my advanced comedy workshop. We do have a live, in-person, safe, socially distanced, mass-required workshop that quite a few people have joined, and I'm pretty excited about that. Because I'll be able to bring you a show. And I might, I might Zoom this show November 15th. I will have a Zoom show for you on November 13th. A live class clown show, our Friday night show. But then Sunday at 5 p.m., November 15th, I'm doing a show, a live show at JP's Comedy Club. And uh, I might Zoom that in for somebody if you want to watch it uh, live on a stand-up comedy stage. Great club. If you're ever visiting the greater Phoenix area or the greater Gilbert area. Uh, or you live within those environs, uh, come on down to check it out. It's uh, uh, owned and operated by one Jim Perry. Jim Perry, uh, a man who um, 
I hold in high regard and with great esteem, except for the fact that he puts salt on his pizza, which I think is shit. So, um, there, now I owe my grandson money, because I, I used the appropriate term for the subject being discussed, yet I'm still being punished for it monetarily. Such is my life. All right, let's get to the stuff. I got stuff. You got stuff? You bring me stuff. I think that one of the last lines I heard in The Walking Dead before I stopped watching it. You got stuff? You bring me stuff. You're a wreck, right? Um, there's always been some, uh, there's a lot of controversy in this show. Salt on a pizza. If you put anything else on cheesecake, that sort of thing. Great, 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 great controversies. One of the largest controversies has to do with me as a person, as a human being, as a person walking around on this planet with the same rights and privileges as you. And that is a moniker that people tried to foist upon me. That moniker was bobblehead collector. Now let me be clear. Once again, I have to bring this up. I do not collect bobbleheads. I am now the head of right now an unofficial organization, but we're getting ready to go through all the legal stuff, hire the lawyers and the accountants and uh, uh, lobby the uh, state and federal government, get a trademark and patents, get a tax status, but right now just totally unofficial. Called Bobblehead Rescue. And we are thinking about using the old Jim Dandy song. We are the Bobblehead Rescue. Go Bobbleheads, go Bobbleheads. It'll sound better than that because we'll get singers. And there'll be uh, guitars and drums and stuff behind it, what have you. And uh, we rescue bobbleheads that have been cast aside. Bobbleheads that have been left, in a sense, metaphorically, by the side of the road. Creatures, things, objects that at one time were revered and placed in a place of high esteem and regard in someone's bedroom or living room or souvenir room that now end up on the dung heap of American society. And we find those, and we save them here, and we take care of them. And we got a great one for you today, and here it is. Check this out. That is, ladies and gentlemen, none other than legendary Arizona Cardinal Larry Fitzgerald, and that is one great bobblehead, and that looks, some people say it looks nothing like him. Uh, McDonald's has bobbleheads. McDonald's has bobbleheads? What kind of bobbleheads? So there you are, YouTubers. It's, that is Larry Fitzgerald. I always said Larry McDonald. Check it out. It's got a really good base. I don't know if you can see it there. Okay. See, we got a little helmet on it. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah, I know you're jealous. I know you want it. Number 11, wide receiver, the Arizona Cardinals, legendary future Hall of Famer, Larry Fitzgerald. Um, and uh, I love the Arizona Cardinals, especially love them even more right now since they stomped a mud hole into the Dallas Cowboys. Jim Perry says that step one is called denial. I am not, by the way, Jim Perry, denying. I'm stating facts. I do not collect, I rescue. This was rescued from a swap meet and was given to me. And now I have the responsibility. This was given to me by Kevin Brown. It's like he went, here's a baby I can't take care of. You got to take care of this baby. You got to take care of this baby. So we have adopted. Rescued Larry Fitzgerald, not the man person himself who's doing quite well for himself, actually. Uh, probably owns a couple of car dealerships already. Uh, we, um, <laughs> that is one cool bobblehead, well put together. It's got a good bobble to it. There's very little damage to this, 
some slight damage on the top on the hair there. You can't even barely see it. It's a great shape. It goes on the mantle along with all the other great bobbleheads that we have rescued. Paul Whitney said the first place Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, but they got stomped the other night, Paul. Stomped. I didn't even have to watch it. There was just a, a vibe in the air. And the vibe said Dallas Cowboys had a mud hole stomped right where right where their uh, uh, right, right where their uh, uh, posterior meets the privy. There, there's a phrase for you where their posterior meets the privy. Can anybody, uh, that's English. That's the English language. But can anybody uh, uh, decipher that? You go ahead, you put it up here. I don't think you can. They were stomped right where their posterior meets the privy by a midget, I'm saying you're not supposed to say midget, little person quarterback from a Kyle Murray, who I think is like four foot 11, something like that. He's tiny. He's a little feller. But he can run and he can throw that ball. And uh, I didn't get a chance to watch the game because I think I was busy staring out the window going, what happened to my life? What happened to my life? But uh, they won, and Larry Fitzgerald was a part of it. So it's very cool. Very cool. Tyrus, Tyrus Etheridge just put out, it just says Tyrus Etheridge is watching. It's kind of creepy when these things pop up. Uh, the, the Phoenix swap meet can be a rough place. It needed rescuing. That's right. Kevin Brown found the Larry Fitzgerald bobblehead at the Phoenix swap meet. And anybody who's ever been to the Phoenix swap meet knows that uh, sometimes you don't get out of there alive, man. You know, if you go deep in the back of the Phoenix swap meet, go all the way back where it looks like it ends, where there's just a, a great big heavyset guy, about five foot eight, 350 pounds, wearing no shirt, a leather vest, you know, eating meat off of a switchblade. And what you do, what you want. If you say the right words, he pulls back the tarp. And you go back to the other part, the Thunderdome part of Phoenix Swap Meet, where real stuff is. And back there, I've heard you can buy shrunken human heads of people who tried to bargain too much with the wrong person at the Phoenix Swap Meet. So it can be a rough place. It can. <laughs> now, I don't know if uh, that's just um, that I, I read that on a laptop that I found uh, in a New York computer shop that uh, also was left on the grassy knoll. That's what I'm hearing right now is that the Republicans, by the way, this is a, you've heard it here first, I'm laying on a thin line, uh, not satisfied by trying to tell us that a laptop that had been left for months at a computer shop, I believe in Long Island, when the guy went to repair it, instead of repairing it, decided to read each and every email, which is kind of creepy, and then not turn over to the FBI, but turn it over to um, uh, the uh, crypt keeper himself, uh, Rudy. Giuliani, man, it's rough. After Rudy Giuliani's done all the things he's done, it's hard to watch that movie Rudy again. Even though it's not about him, just what he's done to the name. It's kind of like when AIDS happened and you couldn't eat that AIDS candy anymore. <laughs> That's what Rudy Giuliani's done it. Not satisfied with that. The Republicans have now found, you've heard it here first, a third computer on the grassy knoll. And it's altogether possible that members of the Cuban resistance and the CIA working underground got in the grassy knoll and fired off a computer trying to hit Joe Biden in the back of the head so his head would go back into the left. 
Now, that's unverified, but uh, I'm sure people demand that uh, you be able to post it on Twitter because I said it here. And uh, after all, I am, uh, by being on here alone, I'm, uh, I'm the media. I'm getting more. Uh, let's see what I got going here. Uh, Kevin Brown says, deep in the back by the racetrack, that's the Thunderdome. Oh, going back to talk about the Phoenix swap meet. Yes, indeed. All right. Let's, uh, let's see what time it is. What time is it? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's get to the music, shall we? Okay. So uh, what we're doing now, you guys, is um, we've been on since the middle of March, and it's been a really cool experience. Uh, and so many of you have become regulars, and we love each and every one of you a lot. And uh, after a while, we started going, what can we talk about? What we have besides the pandemic, or we hate Trump, or blah, 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 or whatever, you know, that's just not the same. Well, let's talk about, we've got all these record albums here. We can't play them because we don't have a music license. And we don't want our videos taken down. Because sometimes you can do it and get away with it, I think, you know. But I don't want mine taken down. So let's talk about the music. All right, and then try to get people to go back and listen to it. You know, the whole idea, the whole ethic behind the show being uh, something old is new again, you know, as our lives became limited there in March and April and May, that maybe just by going back and revisiting stuff that we had in our closet and stuff, it'll elicit some great memories of the past that'll make us feel good and feel like we should move forward. And uh, we started talking about these records, hoping that it could then rekindle some flame and passion fun in people who were around when they first came out. And if you're brand new and never heard them before, maybe uh, turn you on to something new and different. Not better than what you listen to now. Uh, but that. So uh, let's talk about this band today. This is a band that is, still gets a lot of airplay on classic rock. But not everything they did gets a lot of airplay on classic rock. But an interesting band. There was the Who. And then there was the Guess Who. And this is, uh, this is the best of the Guess Who. Now, by the way, it doesn't have all the Guess Who's greatest hits. It doesn't have uh, Clap for the Wolfman and a few other things on there. Uh, and it's got some on there that I, I wouldn't think is a, is a greatest hit. Do You Miss Me, Darling is not a greatest hit. But on this album are These Eyes, Laughing, Undone, No Time, American Woman, No Sugar Tonight, New Mother Nature, Hand Me Down World, Bus Rider, Share the Land, Do You Miss Me, Darling, Hang On to Your Life. So the Guess Who, here's the weird thing. When you think of a band like the Guess Who, you think of a certain sound, although they had two distinct sounds. They started out doing like love ballads, songs like These Eyes and Laughing and No Time. No Time was kind of their kind of rocker of those three. And also Undone, which was real kind of a jazzy kind of thing. Kind of like a smooth jazz, almost a smooth jazz type of song. Then they ended up doing songs like American Woman. They had much more of a hard rock edge to them, New Sugar Tonight. Uh, share the land, which was a total, a total uh, 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 worship of communism. Okay, so they started out there, but when you think of them, you think of a late '60s, mid '70s band. That's what you think of, a late '60s, mid '70s band. This band was formed in 1958. 1958, and they didn't have what? What'd you say? Don't say that. Don't say that. Guess you were formed in 19. 19- what I, what I just said. What'd you say? Oh, that's right. The year that my wife was born. <laughs> she said, don't say that. I'm gonna, all right. But you must have wanted me to say it because you said it. You said it out loud on the radio. People would go back and I'll turn up the equipment and go, what, what did Shirley say? Farmed in 1958, had a few minor hits. 
did a uh, album where they were on one side and another band was on the other side called the Scratch Tones or something. Became the five man electrical band who did a uh, had one giant hit with the '60s hit Signs. Formed in 1958, did not really get any sort of international worldwide acclaim till 1968, 1969. Ten years of knocking around. Ten years of knocking around until they had their first hits with these eyes laughing in no time. Ten years. After ten years and getting hits, they only lasted a few more years. When you think of the guess who... And you think of the love ballads, and you think about songs like American Woman or Undone, you don't think of simplistic hard rock. You think of a sort of jazzy kind of rock, almost jazz rock. They were part of that. I don't think there's ever actually been uh, that movement's been coined. Uh, the Grateful Dead's Live Dead was certainly jazz, not prog rock. Prog rock was a whole different thing, a sort of jazz rock thing. The guess who were jazz rock? The Grateful Dead's Live Dead was uh, jazz rock. There was sort of a jazz rock thing going on. So when you think of that, you don't think of real simplistic uh, uh, three-chord rock. But from the Guess Who came one of the uh, biggest simplistic three-chord rocks of the 70s, Bachman-Turner Overdrive. Randy Bachman had been with the Guess Who before Burton Cummings became the lead singer. Taught Burton Cummings how to play the guitar. He learned that while they were touring. They wrote songs together, and then in 1970, Randy Bachman converted to Mormonism and left the Guess Who. Now, I don't know, and this is what's always had me confused, all right? So you're in a rock band, and you're making pop hits, and you're successful, and you leave because you've had a religious conversion. I get that. That happened to Cat Stevens. That happened to a couple other people. Not happened to them, but that's the, how their life went. And they left the world of touring and buses and adoring crowds and young girls hanging out. And even if you're not using drugs, drugs being around. They left that world because they had found a religion they wanted to follow. And that's what happened to Randy Bachman. But he didn't quit. He went and formed Bachman Turner Overdrive and did songs like You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet and Taking Care of Business. So I, I would love to ever talk to Randy Bachman and go, yeah, like Mark Farner from Grand Funk Railroad, who we talked about yesterday, uh, converted to Christianity. Randy Bachman found Mormonism. Great band, the guess who, from Canada. Ten years of some mid-sized hits in Canada. Ten years of lean years. And then, boom. Now 40 or 50 years of still play, having their stuff played on classic rock. Most of you know the guess who from songs like American Woman. That's the one that gets played the most often. What doesn't get played are these wonderful love ballads that they first hit the airwaves with. And we're going to recommend today, okay, because uh, it's starting to get darker now, okay? There's a little bit of melancholy in the air, and sometimes the soft music, the sad music, the slow music can actually enhance, enhance a winter night. We're going to recommend These Eyes, by the guests here. One of the very first hits. Great love song. Great riff in the middle of it that really uh, kind of departs from the rhythm of the song but creates a whole new rhythm on its own. Sung by the incomparable Burton Cummings, the Canadian rock band, pop band, jazz rock band, ballad band, hard rock band 
the guess who is who we're going to recommend today and we're going to recommend that song and we're going to recommend you listen to it this evening don't you know you can listen to it right now if you want okay but it's not really a daytime tune it's not really a daytime tune it's not a bar tune it's not like a crying your beer tune it doesn't have that kind of melancholy it doesn't have the melancholy and sorrow of a song like peter allen's don't cry out loud but it's got something it's got something about lost love you know and also People ask, how come so many love songs are actually about lost love? Because they're still about love. They're about a love that is no longer being requited, but a love that remains. And sometimes that is the real bittersweet, deep in the cut part of the soul. Okay? You know, during the uh, Renaissance time, during medieval times, uh, that's what poems, poets wrote about. They wrote about love that was never... Uh, 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 they never got to uh, uh, bang the chick. <laughs> that's, that's what all those poems were about. It was about unrequited love, love from afar. That was it was about. And we can see some of that in so many of the songs that Sinatra did and that this particular song does too, These Eyes. All right? So you're going to want to check that out today, but wait till the evening to listen to it. You know, we got a little quiet time where you can stare off and kind of watch the twilight and enjoy that tune very, very much. I got to go. I'm supposed to do a bunch of work. I'll probably take a nap. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow at 2 p.m. right here, Facebook Live, YouTube, Comedy Schools, ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. And, of course, you can oftentimes, if you're in Phoenix, drive on down to JP's Comedy Club and catch me there. But for now, goodbye from Living on a Thin Line.